1: Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Let's talk about baseball.
2: Welcome everyone. Good morning. Happy Sunday. My name is Daniel Port. I'll be your host today, subbing in for Scott Chu. We have a a ton of baseball to get to, so let's just jump straight into it. Starting with uh, some of the MLB news and notes, the Cleveland Guardians actually, in a surprising move, uh, designated Fran Reyes for assignment. So we'll have to pay attention to where he ends up over the next couple of days and see if he gets picked up by another team. The Atlanta Braves uh, announced that Travis Darnot is day-to-day. He underwent x-rays after injuring his lower right leg in the second game of Saturday's doubleheader against the Mets. The Baltimore Orioles listed Austin Hayes' day-to-day as well with an oblique injury. For the Red Sox updated that Chris Sale played Catch Friday for the first time since undergoing surgery on his broken pinky finger. The Cubs have listed Christopher Morel as day to day with an undisclosed injury. The Cincinnati Reds have announced that Art Warren will be in a rehab assignment with Triple A Louisville on Saturday. Hunter Green will undergo additional tests on his left shoulder, but he's not expected to require surgery. He is currently on the 15 day injured list. We'll know more soon as those results come in. Tyler Stevenson isn't expected to return this season after undergoing surgery to stabilize his fractured right collarbone Thursday. In other Guardians news, Aaron Savale will return from. The injured list to start Wednesday against the Tigers. And Stephen Kwan is day-to-day with a foot injury. He fell the ball off his foot in Friday's game. Did not play on Saturday. The Houston Astros listed Kyle Tucker as day-to-day with an undisclosed injury as well. And the Los Angeles Angels announced that Mike Trout took, took dry swing Saturday and had no issues while swinging. So that's great news. Los Angeles Dodgers reported that Clayton Kershaw received an epidural injection on Friday in his back. The San Diego Padres notifies that Fernando Tatis began a rehab assignment yesterday with Double A San Antonio and went, went 0 for 2 with two walks. The Seattle Mariners announced that Taylor Trammell went 1 for 4 with a solo home run in Triple A Tacoma's win over Sacramento on Friday. And the St. Louis Cardinals have several things going on. Jordan Montgomery left his start yesterday with cramps. He should be fine, they're saying, but they do have him currently listed as day-to-day. And Tommy Edmond is also listed day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. And Jack Flaherty will begin a minor league rehab assignment soon as he attempts to recover from his shoulder injury. The Manager Oliver Marmol said that They're super encouraged with where Flaherty is at right now. But Finally, the Toronto Blue Jays have listed George Springer as going onto the 10-day injured list with an undisclosed injury as well. So that's the news and notes for the day. Let's jump into the hitters that caught my eye from a fantasy perspective during yesterday's games. So for the Braves, Robbie Grossman went 1-4 for with a double, an RBI, and a walk he's riding a four-game hit streak uh, with three doubles over his last three games. He's got four doubles in the last five games, so it looks like Grossman might finally be starting to get going here this season. He's only been in Atlanta for two games, and and in those two games, he's only started one of them. So don't go running up to pick him up. Uh, Hold off until we see more of what his role will be, but it is encouraging to see him starting to hit the ball uh, and getting those extra base hits. For the Orioles, Jorge Mateo went went one for two with a, a walk, two runs scored in an RBI. Over his last seven games, he's been hitting 240 with a 321 OBP and a 600 slug. He's got two home runs and two stolen bases over that time period. And over his last 15 games, he's hitting 275 with a 569 slug and three home runs and four stolen bases over that time period. He's still pretty widely available and he's really hot right now. If nothing else, if you need the stolen bases, he's definitely worth picking up until he cools back off. For the Nationals, Luke Voigt went two for four with a home run, uh, a run and an RBI. While obviously he probably wasn't too happy about getting traded to the Nationals at the deadline, it has settled well with him as he's hit quite well for them with a home run and two doubles over his last seven games total. He's 286 with a 375 OBP and a 571 slugging percentage with a home run, four RBIs and, and two runs scored. Definitely if you need some first base help, he should be available out there. Lane Thomas for the Nationals went three for four with a run scored and an RBI. He had a double as well in this one. And he's actually been really heating up lately. He's hitting 350 with a 364 OBP and a 600 slug over his last seven games with a home run and stolen base in there. There's not a, ton to explain when Thomas is hitting well, why he starts hitting well. He's been up and down throughout the whole season, but it looks like he's starting to heat back up again. like I said, I haven't seen anything in the underlying stats or anything to, to indicate what's going on here, but he could be useful for a handful of stolen bases, maybe a little bit of power. But outside of that, I don't see any real reason to go out and grab Thomas now. For the Phillies, Alec Baum continued being one of the hottest hitters in baseball. He went one for three with three runs scored, a double and two walks. Over his last seven games, hitting 308 with a 357 OBP and a 615 slugging percentage with two home runs uh, over that time period. There's really few hitters who are hitting better than Bomb right now, and he's locked in as the Phillies cleanup hitter. So in that great lineup, you really want a piece of him if you can. He's still out there in some leagues, so definitely go pick him up. He's out there. He's hitting the ball in the air way more. He's pulling the ball more. He's got his exit velocity up to 91 miles per hour with a 15.5 degree launch angle. He's only barreling the ball at about 6.6% of the time, but he does have a 44.7 hard hit rate. His X stats back that up as well, and I wouldn't expect a ton of home run power or anything like that, but you get a lead average production and good counting stats production since he's hitting cl- cleanup in that excellent Phillies lineup. For the Giants, J.D. Davis uh, came in and pinch hit. He had a home run in two at-bats with an RBI and a walk. This is his second home run in three games with San Francisco. Uh, he's been crushing the ball lately as a whole. That's his third home run in his last five games overall. He's at 300 over his last seven games as well. The hard part is, it's unclear what his playing time will look like in San Francisco. They really like to switch their outfielders and the players in and out of the lineup. So I'm not sure what his playing time is going to look like yet, but this is definitely one to monitor because if he does start getting consistent playing time and keeps hitting like this, he could be uh, a game changer for you down the stretch here. For the Royals, MJ Melendez went one for four with a home run and a walk. Melendez has actually been hitting really well lately for power. Over his last seven games, he has two home runs and a 500 slug. And over his last 15 games, he's got three home runs with a 518 slugging. So he's really been putting up some pretty good power numbers lately. And it seems to be pretty legit over the time. period. He's got a 15.6 barrel percentage over those last 15 games. The overall launch angle is still only at 5.4 degrees. But he could be worth picking up if you're getting desperate catcher. You need someone to fill in there, at least until the power slumps again. Looking at his ex-home run, his expected home run numbers, when you factor in which park they would occur in, it seems like he's actually really hitting for a lot more power than he is. The problem is uh, he's being held back by the home run sapping parks that he plays in, uh, like Kansas City, where he would have 11 home runs instead of 12, Minnesota with just 13, and Detroit, where he would have only hit seven home runs, which are all well below his expected home run total of 14.4 home runs. For reference, if you think of somewhere like Cincinnati, he would have 17 home runs. For the Twins, Jose Miranda went 2 for 4. This is his 11th home run of the year. It's hard to imagine a better start for a rookie this season. He's absolutely crushing the ball, hitting a .277 with a 325 OBP and a 477 slug in the season. He's available in a lot of leagues still, right around a third of the leagues out there. The one concern I have, though, is if you look at his X stats, if you look at his barrel rate, which is a 6.4%, he has a very extremely aggressive approach. There could be a chance that the bottom falls out of all of this at some point. Now, we're late enough in the season that he could continue his hot streak through the rest of the season. We don't see that drop off until next season, but keep an eye on it just in case this all starts to go off the rails, but for right now, grab Miranda, ride that hot streak. It's been really fun. Nick Gordon went two for three with two runs scored and a stolen base. That's his fifth stolen base of the season. And he's been hitting like crazy. Over his last seven games, He had he's hitting 522 with a, a 552 OBP and an 826 slugging percentage. Over his last 15 games, he's hitting 326 with a 535 slug. And this keeps going because over his last 30 games, he hit 355 with a 592 slugging percentage. Obviously, we've seen some really interesting production from Nick Gordon. But the biggest thing is, he's uh, this is his fifth stolen base. He's stolen two stolen bases in his last seven games. So you have to wonder if the Twins are starting to cut him loose a little bit, letting him run. Or if he's feeling a little more comfortable running right now. He is really fast. If you need stolen bases, I could see taking a speculative ad on Nick Gordon in deep leagues or say an NFBC league where it's 15 teams or something like that. For the Reds, Joey Votto went one for three with a home run and two walks. And we are in the midst of the late season Joey Votto breakout that we have grown so accustomed to. Over his last seven games, he hit, he's hitting .381 with a .552 OBP and a .667 slug over that time period. He's got two home runs, three RBIs, eight walks, three runs scored. He's absolutely crushing the ball right now. Over his last 15 games, that's a 260 average with a .403 OBP and a .560 slug and five home runs over that time period. He's got a 12.3 barrel rate since July 1st. He now has nine home runs over that time period. Last year, he hit 25 home runs over the last three months of the season. And while I don't think we'll get that again, we could be in for a huge power surge from Votto. He does this every single year. If you need power, if you need help at first base, go pick him up in OBP leagues or points leagues. He's a must-add right now. For the Reds, Jose Barrero. Went two for four with two runs scored and three RBIs while hitting two home runs. This is his first two home runs of the season. Barrero just came up for the Reds to play shortstop. He's got two home runs and just 10 at-bats this season, which is pretty impressive, obviously. We'll need to see more and see if it continues. You may recognize him. He formerly played under the name Jose Garcia. He came over from Cuba. He was hyped up pretty heavily by scouts at the time for his power. He's got some speed, so he might steal some bases in there. Definitely keep an eye on Jose Barrero. There's definitely some power and speed in there. For the Brewers, Andrew McCutcheon went 1 for 2 with a home run and two walks. He has a 240 batting average with a 375 OBP and a 520 slug over his last seven games with a home run and two stolen bases in there. Over his last 30 games, he's got four home runs and three stolen bases. It's still very widely available. He's batting in the heart of the Brewers lineup. And while that lineup is scuffling, he should still be able to put pretty good numbers in, in that spot. McCutcheon's still widely available and he might even throw some stolen bases in there for you. Also for the Brewers, Kesson Heyura went 1 for 2 with a home run uh, and two RBIs. So, here doesn't really have a spot. He mostly came up because Hunter Renfro was hurt, and he doesn't really have a position. But when he's gotten to play, he's been pretty good. He, over his last seven g- games that he played in, he's got 353 batting average with a 706 slugging percentage, a 421 OBP, two home runs. Over his last 30 games, he's still even hitting 250 with a 371 OBP, and a 511 slugging percentage with seven home runs. The hard part is he's still striking out at an absolutely obscene 43.5% of the time. So it's hard to imagine this lasts. And that's why the Brewers keep sending him down to try and figure that out. But until I really see that strikeout percentage come down, I can't imagine picking up Hayara. But keep an eye on him. For the Rockies, Ryan McMahon went one for three with a home run and a walk. McMahon's a very up and down roller coaster kind of player. He gets on hot streaks and cold streaks pretty frequently. He's available in about half the leagues right now. McMahon has an 8.96 OPS in Coors, and he's pretty hot right now. Overall, he's in 3.64 over his last seven games with a 7.27 slug and two home runs and two stolen bases. 11 of the next 15 games for the Rockies are in Coors. So given that, I think if you're looking for someone to stream for a little bit, Ryan Van could be a really great choice there, especially since he plays at a whole bunch of different positions. You can get some nice versatility out of him. Also for the Rockies, Laurice Montero hit his first major league home run, going two for three. So this is Montero's fifth game starting in a row. And maybe, just maybe, the Rockies are actually going to start giving Montero consistent playing time, as he absolutely has been crushing the ball in the minors. And they at some point actually have to give their young players some playing time here. But he's been dynamite over those five games he started and He's hit 412 in those games with a home run and three doubles. He's hit 333 with a 360 OBP and a 625 slug. Over his last seven games, he has a ton. just gobs of power potential. He had 15 home runs in AAA this year and just two, 297 plate appearances. If he gets playing time finally for the Rockies, watch out. He could have huge power impact coming down uh, the stretch here in our Fantasy League. So, definitely keep an eye on Montero here. So, that's all the hitters that caught my eye. Now, jumping into the pitchers, though. There was a ton of really interesting pitching going on yesterday. Starting with Chris Flexen of the Mariners. He went six innings. He gave up five earned runs. He struck out five and walked two. The hard part is home runs came to bite him as he gave up two in this start. This is actually the first time Flexen has given up more than three runs in a start since May 21st. He's been really good most of the season. It's been really impressive to watch. Before the start over his last 67.2 innings pitch, he had a 293, uh, 2.93 ERA to go 45 strikeouts and a 1.33 whip. And this is Flexen's Achilles heel. Occasionally, he's going to get rocked because he tends to give up base runners and home runs when he doesn't have his best stuff. He's still one of my top streaming options every week, despite this start. He gets the Rangers next week, who are right in the middle in terms of uh, runs scored, offensively speaking, so I wouldn't necessarily be scared of streaming him there. Just be aware that Texas is a top 10 team in home runs, which, as I mentioned, is one of Flex's sort of Achilles heels, so I understand not starting him there uh, as well if you don't want to take the risk, but I probably will be. For the Angels, Reed Detmers went seven innings pitched with just one earned run and seven strikeouts and one walk. He's been an absolute stud since coming back up from A on July 8th with a 1.16 ERA, over 31 innings pitched and five starts with 38 strikeouts, giving up just one home run, just 10 walks, and putting up a 0.94 whip over that time period. He's still out there in a ton of leagues, about half of the leagues I'm seeing. And you absolutely shouldn't leave him out there if he is. He's got league winning potential rest of season for you if you could add him to your rotation. For the Dodgers, Andrew Haney went 4.2 innings pitched, giving up three runs, but none of them earned with three strikeouts and a walk. I don't know really what to do with Andrew Haney at this point. He's never going to go over five innings pitched at most in a start because they're trying to keep him healthy, keep from putting too much uh, pressure on his arm, which limits his potential for wins. But he's also been really good when he pitches. I trust the Dodgers to put him in the right situation here. I'm often going to view him as one of the better streaming options, even if it means I may not get the win or as much volume as I would like in that situation. Now, he gets Kansas City next, and for me, that's a must start. I am absolutely throwing him out there in Kansas City. For the Cardinals, Jordan Montgomery went five innings pitched, giving up two runs. None of them earned with a strikeout. This is the perfect revenge game alert as he was facing the Yankees, who just traded him to the Cardinals. Jormont was rolling in this one. He was really pitching well. He had to come out of the game with cramps. The Cardinals have said he's fine. It was mostly precautionary, and he should be okay going from here. Montgomery is a really good ground ball pitcher, and now he's gone from the Yankees, who are very good defense. Their infield defense was seventh in outs above average at 12, but he's now going to the best infield defense in the league by outs above average. The Cardinals are at 21, almost A full 10 out higher than the Yankees in field defense. This can mean huge things for a ground ball pitcher like Jordan Montgomery. I'm really excited to see what he's able to put together over the rest of the season here. For the Reds, Nick Lodolo picked 4.2 innings pitched, giving up three earned runs, walking four with four strikeouts and giving up two home runs. Lodolo walked away too many guys in this one. You can't walk four and expect a win. But when he when he can keep the walks under two per start, he's fantastic. But every time he goes over that, he gets absolutely shellacked. And, and so that's really the threshold for Nick Lodolo that he needs to get to. He's getting a ton of strikeouts, though, as he struck out at least five in every start this season but two of his starts. I'm still on board with Lodolo. I really like his stuff, and I really like using him as a streamer in the right situation. Just be aware he is going to hurt you and whip. So just keep that in mind. Oh, he gets the Cubs next, and so I'm probably starting there for sure as the Cubs have the sixth highest K percentage for hitters. Aaron Ashby went up against them and basically... Ladillo and Ashby are the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other because he had the exact same problem. When four between his pitch, gave it four and runs, one home run, but walked five. And this is the same thing. He had a pretty decent run before this, but it's when he brought his, his walks per nine down to 3.51 uh as opposed to the 4.32 it has been for most of the season. This is the thing is that at, when Ashby is a walking hitters, or at least limiting his walks, he's very good. That's a make or break thing for him. And since he hasn't been able to do that this season, I'm pretty much out on him, unless it's in a really great spot. Once he gets his walks under control, I could see so much potential for Aaron Ashby, but I don't see it yet. For the Rangers, Dane Dunning went seven innings pitched, giving up no earned runs, and striking out six while walking one. Dunning's actually been really good recently. He's got a 3.35 ERA over his last seven starts. That's over 37.2 innings pitched. He struck out 29 hitters in that time period. The only troubling thing is a 1.43 whip. And again, it turns out that Spider-Man meme is three Spider-Man. because Dane Dunning's just like Nick Lodello and Aaron Ashby. When he limits the walks, he's really good. When he walks more than two or three hitters a game, he's terrible. And so as long as he limits the walks, Dunning's pretty good. He doesn't quite have the strikeout potential of Ashby or Lodolo, so he does carry a little more risk, but I can see streaming him in the right spots given the role he's on. Horn on his next start, it's against Seattle, who are an average offense on the road, but he's actually been really good at home all season. He's got a three-year over 57 innings pitched at home, so I can actually really see starting Ding Dunning there in Texas next week against Seattle. For the Guardians, Cal Quantrill went six innings pitched, giving up no earned runs with four strikeouts and a walk. So it turns out the rule is you always start Cal Quantrill in progressive field. At home, since coming to the Guardians in in 2020, he's pitched in 38 games in progressive field. And over those games, he had a 2.63 ERA with a 1.08 whip. Who knows why he pitches so well at home, but he really excels when pitching in Cleveland. It's always a risky start pitching a, a pitch to contact guy like Quantrill, as, it, again, he can be pretty susceptible to blowups. And, and he doesn't quite have the strikeouts to make it worth it. But in the right matchup, and especially anytime he's pitching at home, he's a fantastic streamer. Uh, he's on the road in Toronto next, which is the opposite. So uh, I'm not starting him there. But uh, keep an eye on Quantrill. Again, anytime he's pitching in Cleveland, he could be well worth streaming. For the Phillies, Ranger Suarez went... 5.1 innings pitched, giving up three earned runs with five strikeouts and two walks. This is actually the first time in his previous three starts that he's given up an earned run, so he's been really good lately. He's had a 2.63 year array over his last seven starts, over 41 innings pitched with a 1.17 whip and 36 strikeouts. He's What he's done is he's pulled way back in his fastball usage and is relying heavily on a new pitch that he's started throwing uh, this season that the is classifying as a cutter it looks like and it's getting fantastic results it is uh, a pval per 100 pitches of 1.62 which if he had done that uh, if he had thrown this pitch all season long that would be the fourth best cutter in baseball by that match
1: hey Alex Fast here and thanks for listening to this podcast on the pitcher list podcast network if you're a fan consider supporting all of us by getting a PL plus subscription where you're going to get an ad free website and get access to our discord where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff plus you can hang out with our incredible pitcher list community Community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code
2: It's getting great results right now, and it'll be really fascinating to see if that continues all season long. He gets the Mets next, and so I'm probably avoiding that start just on principle, but Suarez might be one of these, one of the few streamers I've mentioned here that might actually be worth a long-term pickup and stash as well. So that's all the pictures that caught my eye. Before we jump into what I'm watching today, let's take a quick break. Welcome back. Now, let's go check in with Mark Paquette, because he let me know that he has a pretty important weather update for us today.
0: Thank you very much. Well, looking at today... We're going to have some a lot of rain at Wrigley Field as the Cubs host a afternoon baseball game, and there could be a few showers around Minnesota, but I'm not expecting a postponement there. The big news is, yeah, Pittsburgh. I mean, excuse me, Chicago at Wrigley Field looks like a possible postponement.
2: Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much, Mark. So. Let's jump into what I'm looking forward to watching today. So, there's some really great pitching matchups, some really fun team matchups. I'm looking forward to watching as the Astros take on the Guardians. Christian Javier go up against Tristan McKenzie. That's just two really fun, young, electric pitchers going head-to-head. Spencer Watkins is facing the Pirates. Watkins has been just absolutely on fire. He's got a 2.65 ERA over his last seven starts. It'll be fun to see if the breakout continues. The Yankees and the Cardinals are going head-to-head here with Adam Wainwright going up against Frankie Montas. It'll actually be a really fun pitching matchup to see. And over in Atlanta versus the New York Mets with Spencer Strider going up against Jacob deGrom, which is just, I can't imagine a more fun pitching matchup than that one. Finally, also the Padres going up against the Dodgers. That's two division rivals going head-to-head. And you've got Hugh Darvish, who's pitching really well, going with Tyler Anderson, who's having a season for the ages. Just a really fun matchup to watch. Those are all really fun games I'm really looking forward to watch today. Now, talking about pitchers that I'd be looking to stream today. You mentioned Spencer Watkins going up against the Pirates. That's a terrible offense, and Spencer Watkins is on a roll. Feels like a no-brainer. I Definitely, that's my favorite s- streamer for the day. If Watkins isn't out there, another guy I look at is Cutter Crawford. He's going up against the Royals. Over his last seven games, Crawford has a 3.08 ERA with 35 strikeouts and 38 innings pitch. He's He's just been absolutely on fire. He only has a one whip over that time period. So he's been really good. And he's facing one of the worst offenses in the league. So I think Cutter Crawford would be a great streaming pick there. And lastly, Jesus Lazardo versus the Cubs. He looked pretty good in his last start. He threw about uh, five innings pitched. I think gave up uh, a couple runs and got a bunch of strikeouts. He's facing a pretty mediocre to average Cubs offense today. So I definitely think if you can't get one of the other two guys, could be a nice streamer as well today. Now, talking about hitters to stream, I think any of the Orioles who are facing Bryce Wilson today, I'm thinking Jorge Mateo, Adley Rushman, Rugen Eddard, any Diamondbacks going up against the Rockies, Jose Urena, you got Christian Walker, Alec Thomas, maybe Josh Rojas is available, Carson Kelly. I think any Mariners hitters going up against Tucker Davidson today could have a lot of success. I think of the ones that might be available like Carlos Santana, Mitch Hanniger, Kyle Lewis. Those could be some guys well worth looking into to stream for those against those pretty good pitching matchups today. So that's everything we've got. I'm so thankful that y'all were able to join me today here on this beautiful Sunday morning. Go enjoy some great baseball. Go enjoy your Sunday. Thanks so much, everyone. Talk to you soon.